The show you love with even more local news and more local talk. The voice of the valley. The Mike Douglas Show. Now weekdays from 3 till 5. On air and online. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Here's your host, Mike Douglas. And a wonderful Tuesday afternoon to you, wherever you may be. Mike Douglas here, your concierge for conversation as we take a look at the pressing issues of the day that are often pressing on you and me right here in California Central Valley. Thanks so much for joining us today here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Uh, News today, and uh, let me just address this right up front. Uh, What a class act. Angela Lansbury. Angela Lansbury uh, has uh, died at age 96, apparently just shy of her uh, 97th birthday. Don't you think she was a class act? Of course, no one can forget uh, her role with a television series, Murder, She Wrote. I think my wife and I watched every single one of those episodes over, what was it, 12 seasons? And, of course, uh, character voices as well, Beauty and the Beast. I remember she was also in a uh, Broadway uh, play, uh, Sweeney Todd, I think, uh, a touring version of that as well. Anyway, just, uh, I I think, one of the class act uh, actresses of all time, Uh, just a a wonderful lady, Angela Lansbury. And, uh, you know, that... And and you never know how people really are, but at least she seems to exude uh, a, a sense of um, decency and character, and uh, that's so missing with a lot of celebrities today. Anyway, our salute right off the bat here to Angela Lansbury. All right, we are... T-minus 28 days and counting down to the midterms on November 8, 2022. Again, I believe, and I'll, I'll stick with this metaphor, we're like a car that is screeching to the edge of a cliff, looking at careening off the cliff, and uh, we are desperately slamming on the brakes with the hopes of being able to stop shy of that precipice throw that baby into reverse and make some progress. I I don't know that there's been any election in my lifetime, which is now growing longer by the day, that I have felt such a gravity about an election. And I, I just feel this one is going to be absolutely life-changing for many of us one way or the other. So to that end, are you uh, are you receiving any uh, campaign calls? Of course, I think you're, we're probably all receiving the the mail, the campaign mail. One of our listeners, Cheryl, received an interesting call that she uh, passed along earlier today. Apparently, uh, she said, "I received a call from an organization doing an election poll, wanting to know if I was voting Democrat or Republican at the coming election." I told them I'm definitely not voting Democrat. She said the organization was the DCCC. And she said the guy who was calling claimed they aren't affiliated with either party. Well, Cheryl looked up DCCC, 
And uh, what that she found that stands for is the Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee. And she notes here, so they lied on the phone. Uh, her comment was, I suppose they're trying uh, to see how many voters they have for or against them so they can find a way to keep us away physically uh, to going to the polls. Uh, the, by the way, the, the DCCC, it is the Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee, and on its own website, it identifies itself as the official campaign arm of the Democrats in the House of Representatives. They say they're the only political committee in the country whose principal mission is to support Democratic House candidates every step of the way to fortify and expand our new Democratic majority. So are you receiving any calls like that? I don't hardly ever get any calls like that. And I'm not, (laughs) please don't put me on the list. I'm not asking for them. I'm just saying it's not something that I uh, that I typically uh, receive. But I'm just wondering if any of you have uh, have received any of those kinds of calls uh, either. Yesterday we had uh, the privilege of having Brian Dolly, Senator Brian Dolly, on on a very extended interview, and we appreciate the uh, the amount of time that he was willing to spend with us. I want to make sure that we provide, still provide you today with the room and the airtime to provide any reactions that you had to that interview. I've had a, a couple written ones, and I think it's important that we talk this over a little bit because many of you are making some very good points. And so as we go throughout our, our two hours today, if, if you'd like to chime in and, and just give us some reactions to uh, the interview we had with Brian Dolly yesterday. Uh, love for you to do that. One of our listeners said uh, she felt his responses were clearly articulated and would make uh, sense uh, to most Californians. Uh, she said he'd be a great governor, but a poor candidate because I don't think that he's making enough effort to get himself out there. That this is uh, this has been something that's been on people's minds. She says, first of all, if Gavin Newsom can go to Texas for big money, why can't Brian Dolly and the Republican Party in California do the same? And uh, she was disappointed in his lack of enthusiasm for uh, taking me up on my proposal of a rally here in the Central Valley. She says, as this region is vital for him to lock up if he's going to win the election for governor. Uh, She made the observation there are a lot of independent voters in this area, and we have many farmers and uh, people with connections to agriculture, many of whom are independent in their voting habits. And if people in this region could hear his message instead of saying home and giving up or voting for Newsom because they're Democrats, I think they'd show up for him. And then she made an observation. Somehow he's got to get money to get on the airwaves, and she's wondering if he's making excuses just because it's California. She says there's a lot of money in the state that I know could go to conservatives who have a positive message. I don't think most people like the tent cities and the drugs and the crime and the looting and the high gas and grocery prices in this state. They just need to be educated to know that it's the policies of our current government and that only the only way to hope uh, we have to hope to solve these issues is to vote for new leadership. So that's that's very interesting. 
and and again, I do. I very much appreciate his willingness to pen, to spend so much time with us. My question for you is: Do you feel you know this man well enough to cast a vote for him? And I, I especially ask that question of those of you who may be Democrats, those of you who may be independents. L- let me just say, any non-Republicans. Do you feel that you know enough about him to not just vote against Governor Newsom, if you were going to do that, but to vote for Brian Dolly? And I believe there's a difference. There's a difference to me between voting against someone by voting for the other person. I can vote against someone by not voting. But to vote for someone, I want to know what their policies are going to be. I want to know their perspectives. I want to know their record if they're currently in public service. All these things are important to me as as a voter as we come up to T-minus 28 days on elections like November 8. Are those things important for you? Did you? Did you get what you needed? yesterday in order to cast an informed vote on November 8. Our phone number, 209-551-3483, 209-551-3483. And I always believe in going to the experts. For I, had to, I have one of those uh, walk-behind big weed-eater things. You know, they're... Gas-powered, gas-powered, yes, Governor, it's gas-powered, and I intend to hang on to it and keep filling it with gas and keep using it. So there. But anyway, it, uh, not not that old, but I just could not get the thing started. And I put new parts on it. This, so I, I took it this morning to my buddy, and this is not a commercial at all. I just give props to people. My buddy Greg Rivera in Oakdale, and uh, he made that thing sing. I don't know how he did it, but he got it working, and uh, it will go into duty uh, this Thursday uh, on our titanium weed. So anyway, the point is, I believe in going to the experts when you have an issue that you're not expert in. I'm a backyard mechanic. I can do some basic things that my buddy Al taught me to do, but you know when the fine-tuning comes into play, I've got to go to someone that, that knows what they're doing. And that that extends to real estate for certain, especially now that mortgage rate increases are impacting home sales. The Wall Street Journal reports home sales are down an average of 20% from last year. Now, there's only one real estate agent I would trust with selling my home during a market slowdown, and he is Dan Phipps. Are you worried about, maybe I missed the boat on a top dollar for selling my home? Does that resonate with you? Well, listen, call the agent I trust and recommend. Call Dan Phipps. Dan's proprietary marketing system guarantees multiple offers in 72 hours for full market value, or he'll sell it for free. His home selling program is designed to maximize your sales price. You're in complete control. No required costly repairs. No long-term contracts. And you pick your move date. Dan can even find you a new home before you move. William and Modesto found out about the value of consulting Dan. He had a rental property and he needed to cash out really fast. 
Uh, high price was his first priority, but he said he had a tenant in there and couldn't fix up the place for a bigger price. Well, Dan Phipps felt confident that he could get what uh, William needed regardless. Dan marketed the place hard. He sold it for the same price as similar homes that had been upgraded in that very area. I'm telling you, Dan Phipps is good. So call him. Call Dan Phipps. Dan is the man I recommend, and I would hire him to sell my own home. He's the only agent who guarantees multiple offers in 72 hours or it's sold free. Call Dan Phipps, 209-593-1111, or go to danphipps.com. That's Dan Phipps with three Ps, D-A-N-P-H-I-P-P-S dot com. I'll be back in three minutes, and we'll continue talking about our interview with Brian Dolly yesterday and... Tulsi Gabbard. Now, I'd like to get your feedback on Tulsi Gabbard's announcement today as well. All that coming up in three minutes here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. 1360 KFIV is your place online. Let's get social with Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And let's get on with the conversation here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV on this fine Tuesday afternoon in California's Central Valley. By the way, vis-a-vis our conversation about, and I'm not picking on Brian Dolly here at all. I'm just saying in general, do you ever feel like we in this area, uh, when it comes to state and federal representatives, sometimes uh, are like a stepchild (laughs) that we, we don't get a lot of attention that, that maybe we should have in terms of, uh, campaigning and some issues and that sort of thing. Maybe it's just me. Maybe it's because I grew up in Los Angeles County and of course everybody and their mother, if they're campaigning is in, if it has to do anything with Stan with uh, Los Angeles County is there. So I, I was used to a lot of campaigning going on, but, and, and again, I'm not, I'm not referring to Mr. Dolly here, Specifically, I'm just saying in general, do you ever feel like we're kind of that flyover country in California that uh, maybe they just maybe some politicians just make assumptions about us or they don't think, well, I'm not going to take time to stop there. Uh, and then maybe it's just me. Do you, do you ever feel that? 209-551-3483, our number as we get the conversation going today. Uh, want to uh, talk a bit about Tulsi Gabbard. And I have made references to her many a time. Again, I, I think look, looking at the fact that uh, she endorsed Bernie at one time, and I probably I think she's probably fits the the profile of a classic liberal, and so we probably wouldn't find common ground on a lot of things. But there are a lot of things we would find common ground on, I believe. And it comes back to my sense that the Democrat politician today is not the Democrat politician of decades past. Where we could look at a goal, 
for example, something that meets the, re, the, the tenets of the U.S. Constitution. And we can say that's valuable. We believe in free speech. We believe in the Second Amendment. We believe in these things. How we get there, we can differ on, upon, but the general goals, we find a lot of common ground that we can share, whether Republican or Democrat. I don't see that today. And, and I again, my sense today is that we have, as a culture, politically in the United States of America, and especially here in California, we have moved way beyond identity with a particular party. Because I believe there are Democrats who don't believe in a lot of the deep wokeness now that is, that is infesting the party. I really don't. I, I have friends who are Democrats, and when we have conversations, it's, we're not disagreeing on major objectives or, or major targets. We're agreeing on those. What we may disagree upon is how to get there. And, and some of the nuances when, once we get there. Well, Tulsi Gabbard has made a statement, as you may have heard today. She is uh, pulling out of the Democratic Party. Let me play this very quickly, and then we'll uh, talk about it. I can no longer remain in today's Democratic Party that's under the complete control of an elitist cabal of warmongers who are driven by cowardly wokeness, who divide us by racializing every issue and stoking anti-white racism, who actively work to undermine our God-given freedoms that are enshrined in our Constitution, who are hostile to people of faith and spirituality, who demonize the police but protect criminals at the expense of law-abiding Americans, who believe in open borders, who weaponize the national security state to go after their political opponents and above all, who are dragging us ever closer to nuclear war. Now, I believe in a government that's of the people, by the people, and for the people. Unfortunately, today's Democratic Party does not. Instead, it stands for a government that is of, by, and for the powerful elite. Now, I'm calling on my fellow common sense, independent-minded Democrats to join me in leaving the Democratic Party. If you can no longer stomach the direction that the so-called woke Democratic Party ideologues are taking our country, then I invite you to join me. All right, now let's let's be real about this. She is not saying I'm becoming a Republican, or I, I don't believe she said I'm becoming anything other than she is discontented with the current state of the Democratic Party, at, at least nationally. And I, I found her points very interesting, and we're going to, um, after the bottom of the hour, when we check in with uh, news, weather, and traffic, we'll continue this conversation because I think her points are worthy uh, to review and to mull over as, uh, as a listening audience. I, I think there are very important nuggets here that... It's one thing to hear them go by. It's another thing to really consider, are these, are these valid? Are they current? Are they actual reflections of where she's at? 
I never, I can't, I don't know what her motivations are, but but we'll get into that. And I'd be very curious if you are <clears throat> anything other than a Republican, independent, <clears throat> Democrat, whatever it might be, I'd be very interested to know what your reaction to Tulsi Gabbard is today. And we're going to talk about that in detail again, and in a Right out of the right out of the gate, she made a pretty amazing statement. We'll talk about that in five minutes. Coming up, 209-551-3483. Mike Douglas Show, Power Talk 1360, KFIV. The Mike Douglas Show. Now weekdays from three till five on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. A pastor with passion. A minister with manners. Now, back to the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on this Tuesday afternoon on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. We're talking about Tulsi Gabbard's announcement today. I'm going to play it one more time for the purpose of listening carefully. I, I want to encourage you to listen very carefully to her main points and then we'll address them one by one. And there, there's a couple of them. And I think, I think this kind of a statement from someone who's this high profile, a former member of Congress, is very important that we parse it, that we examine it, and, and not just hear it and have a knee-jerk reaction and move on. I, I think there are things to learn from this that maybe some people running from election might well put into their minds and be willing to mull over as they decide how to chart the future of their counties or their state or their countries. All right, here's uh, here's her announcement again. Again, my my encouragement to you is to listen very carefully, and then we'll parse this and, and see what you think about each of her points. Here we go. I can no longer remain in today's Democratic Party that's under the complete control of an elitist cabal of warmongers who are driven by cowardly wokeness, who divide us by racializing every issue and stoking anti-white racism, who actively work to undermine our God-given freedoms that are enshrined in our Constitution, who are hostile to people of faith and spirituality, who demonize the police but protect criminals at the expense of law-abiding Americans, who believe in open borders, who weaponize the national security state to go after their political opponents, and above all, who are dragging us ever closer to nuclear war. Now, I believe in a government that's of the people, by the people, and for the people. Unfortunately, today's Democratic Party does not. Instead, it stands for a government that is of, by, and for the powerful elite. Now, I'm calling on my fellow common sense, independent-minded Democrats to join me in leaving the Democratic Party. If you can no longer stomach the direction that the so-called woke Democratic Party ideologues are taking our country, then I invite you to join me. All right, so there's her statement. Uh, it is, uh, I believe, now all over the place. A lot of people have been playing it today. Let's take our opportunity to parse this, to break it down a little bit. Number one, she talks about the Democratic Party of today being led by an elitist cabal of warmongers. 
an elitist cabal of warmongers. Now, a cabal is, uh, the definition is, it's uh, um, secret schemes of a group that is very clandestine, that's secret itself, and it's a, it's a plot. Uh, often uh, might, a, a, a cabal might be uh, put together to overturn something like a government. So it, it's a group engaged in clandestine schemes to accomplish something big. So she's calling the Democratic Party of today, the leadership anyway, uh, an elitist cabal of warmongers. Warmongers, of course, being those who love war. Now, this is very interesting to me. She has, or does, still is, I believe, serving in, uh, in the Army Reserve. Uh, she did, I think, two tours in the Middle East. Once, I think, um, in the Medic Corps, and the other, I believe, attached to a military police unit, if, if, I'm, uh, if I'm correct. She was a major at that time, and uh, I believe she's now a lieutenant colonel. Uh, this is a smart cookie. This is someone who is very sharp and has been to war. And so when she talks about an elitist cabal of warmongers, I believe she chose those words very carefully. So my question is, do you resonate with what she's saying there, especially if you're a non-Republican? You're a, a, a Democrat, if you're a independent, no matter what you may be, what, what your political affiliation may be, do you agree that the Democratic Party is being run by an elitist cabal of warmongers, uh, people who, who hatch plans fairly secretly and are all for uh, conflict? And then she talks about the fact that they are driven by cowardly wokeness. Cowardly wokeness. Now, again, here's a lieutenant colonel in the Army Reserve. Uh, this is someone who has proved her mettle, so to speak. And she is calling them cowardly, or at least driven by cowardly wokeness. Would you agree with that? Our number here, 209-551-3483. And then the third major point she has is that she is saying that the powers that be in the Democratic Party are dividing by anti-white racism, anti-white racism. And that, uh, we have talked many, many times about how to uh, identify socialists, how to identify Marxists, how do I identify uh, a socialist or a Marxist philosophy, how to see it coming before it hits us in the face. And I, uh, dividing is, is one of the hallmarks of both. And it can be by race, it can be by gender, it can be by religion, it can be by a lot of things, but the goal is to divide and conquer. And do you see the leadership in the Democratic Party being very divisive? 
And then she says that they're undermining God-given freedoms. Do you see that happening today? Are they undermining our God-given freedoms? She says the, the powers that be in the Democratic Party are hostile to people of faith and spirituality. You look at the way the, uh, the, the law has been used during the pandemic, lockdowns against uh, places of worship. You look at how people of faith are really being uh, persecuted by law enforcement at the hands of the powers that be for being anti-abortion. And we'll talk about another case of that coming up. So do you resonate with that? She says they're weaponizing national security to go after political opponents. I think we've seen that. She says the leadership of the Democratic Party is dragging us closer to nuclear war. And she made a statement towards the end that instead of being a government of, by, and for the people, that it's a government of, by, and for the powerful elite. So those were her major points. And I think we need to look at this not as, oh, good, there's another Democrat becoming a Republican, because that's not what the issue is here. The issue is someone who I think we could classify as a classic liberal, who is saying that the Democratic Party now no longer looks like the party that she once wanted to be identified with, and why? And these are pretty bold points. I'd love to get your reaction, especially if you're a non-Republican to this. Do you feel that she has some points to be made here? Do you see that as well? And if you are a Republican, I can pretty much imagine what your response is going to be, but we take your response as well. Again, 209-551-3483, 209-551-3483. We'll go to the phones now. Debbie from Stanislaus, what do you think about Tulsi Gabbard's message today? Well, fortunately, I had a head start because I already heard it on another station this morning from 6 to 9. I'm 100% behind every single thing that human being said, and it took a lot for her to do that. If anybody thinks for one second that it was easy for her to say what she did today, she had to have a whole lot of experience, knowledge, and faith in our humanity to open this up. Because this is a big pus full of infection. And we need everybody. I come from Southern California, Michael. And I was a Democrat most of that time because I didn't do my homework. I thought the Democrats were for the little man. It isn't that way at all. I had it all backwards. It took a long time to do my homework. And I did my homework before she even announced this morning between 6 and 9 on Beck. And everything she said, she had to have experienced so much of every nth detail, or she could not have stated it the way she stated it. And God bless her and every one of me who were a Democrat. I don't have any faith. Once Barack Obama announced what he did in the time he was president for two terms that he hated the United States of America... If you go, I begged you to go back in history to get this information. 
He said no matter what it took, he would destroy this country and the Declaration of Independence, the Bill of Rights, and everything that we've held dear to ourselves to believe in. At least I did, and my family did, and the people I knew did. But it was all it was all taken away from us, and we let it happen because Barack Obama, that's what he was about. And he has been an orchestrator of all of this and got a lot of money from Hollywood and from all of the big people that are, that are very, very well healed. That's where all the money came that Dolly couldn't get. It has been a very, very complex, complicated, horrible road we've been on because we've been lied to and used and abused so much we don't know whether we're coming or we're going. And we better find it out real quick or we're not going to have our country to come or go. It's going to be destroyed. Because I predicted a long time ago on this station, and I'm going to do it again, we are going to have a civil war in this country for likes you've never seen or I've never seen. And I have great-grandchildren. I don't want them to go through all that. But there's no future for our children, not the way it is now and not the way it's going. Every word she said was accurate. At least I believe it was accurate because it's how I felt for a long, long time and didn't know how to say it, how to do it, how to put it in context that people would understand. But she's had the worldliness that I haven't had. I've given myself to Southern California. I've done a whole lot of volunteer work. You people don't even know who I am. Okay, I I, I got to run, Debbie. Got got your point very well. Thank you. I, I, I got gotcha. you. Thank you. And uh, we... Got to move on. I'll be back in three minutes. Again, uh, what do you think? Do you agree? Debbie agrees with uh, most or all of what uh, Tulsi Gabbard said. What about you? 209-551-3483. We'll continue the conversation in three minutes right here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. He's got issues. Let's talk about it. The Mike Douglas Show on air and online. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. We're talking about Tulsi Gabbard and not only her announcement that she is leaving the Democratic Party today, but encouraging other Democrats to do so as well. And we've been talking about the uh, six or seven main points that she made. Uh, Let me go back to, I'm thinking, uh, are there examples of each of these that we can think of? I have found examples for each one. Uh, she talked about uh, it being uh, led by elitists, and then she actually called them a cabal of, of warmongers, uh, driven by cowardly wokeness. Certainly uh, we, we've seen wokeness take over the party, uh, dividing by anti-white racism. We see that, that division all the time. Uh, and then, and then a comment about demonizing police to protect criminals, and weaponizing national security to go after political opponents. Interesting comment there. This just in a little bit before airtime today. This from uh, uh, just the news. An FBI analyst today in federal court told Special Counsel John Durham that the FBI offered former British spy, <coughs> excuse me, Christopher Christopher Steele, a million dollars to corroborate evidence in his now discredited dossier 
that was central to a federal investigation into the possible collusion between Russia and the 2016 Trump presidential campaign. The FBI, an FBI analyst testified today, offered former British spy Christopher Steele a million dollars to corroborate evidence in what we now know was false. It wasn't even evidence because it was false. Just the News is reporting this revelation appears to show that the FBI, according to the testimony from intelligence analyst Brian Outen, had insufficient solid evidence for the FISA warrant for the Trump campaign advisor Carter Page in its investigation and used uncooperated information to move forward with the probe. How many times recently have we seen the FBI used by the powers that be in Washington, D.C. to attack, politically attack, opponents? And this this is what's so discouraging. And in some ways it's, um, well, it's beyond worrisome. If we can't trust the FBI, if we can't trust federal prosecutors, we're in deep weeds. Because with a supermajority, so to speak, with the current Democratic administration controlling the White House, controlling the House, controlling the Senate, there, there's no court of appeal, really. And in, in a little bit, our second hour today, we'll, we'll talk about another one of these raids against a guy named Paul Vaughn. I'm sure you've heard about this. He was, he may face 11 years, I guess, 10 to 11 years in federal prison and $250,000 in fines for peacefully demonstrating at an abortion clinic. And so this guy who did not carry any weapons, didn't commit any violence, FBI agents show up with rifles and cart him off in front of his children. This ought not to be. These are things that could have been handled in a different way. And so time and time again, we've talked about this time and time again, we're seeing the FBI used as a weapon against people who will not bow down to the current narrative coming out of Washington, D.C., or will not comply, or are working against the principles that are being espoused by those in Washington, D.C., Worrisome. We'll talk about it more in five minutes here on the Mike Douglas Show, Power Talk 1360, KFIV, phone number 209-551-3483. And the conversation continues after news, weather, and traffic coming right up. The show you love. 
talking about the issues that are important to you. The Voice of the Valley. The Mike Douglas Show. Now every weekday from 3 till 5. On air and online. Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Here again is your host, Mike Douglas. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show as we head into hour number two here on this Tuesday afternoon on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Mike Douglas here, your concierge for conversation. Our commitment, as always, to remain live and local to make sure that your voice is heard on the variety, the plethora of issues that affect, if not attack, you and me on a fairly regular basis right here in the Central Valley of California. We've been talking about Tulsi Gabbard's uh, announcement today that she's leaving the Democratic Party and, and encouraging fellow Democrats to do so as well. Again, I don't view this with any, um, I don't want to say joy, that, oh, someone's coming over to the Republican side. No, no, I, I think well, I think I'm hearing her heart properly here, and that is that she just cannot philosophically and with a conscience stay with the Democratic Party in the direction that it's going. And I think about the Democratic Party as it was when I was becoming politically aware, uh, aware say, in high school, for example. And it, it doesn't bear a lot of semblance to that, does it? Of course, that was, that was a long time ago now. And so I, I think I understand what she is saying. Now there are various opinions. What's her motivation? Well, she's launching a podcast. A good way to launch the podcast. Okay, that that may be part of it, but I I think that she's being very honest with the American public. And she has the street cred to do that, I believe. She's been a member of Congress. She has served her country and continues, as far as I know, to serve her country as well as a lieutenant colonel in the Army Reserve. She has paid her dues, so to speak, in terms of speaking out. And she has not said what party she will affiliate with, if she will affiliate with any party. I don't think that's the point. I think the point is to take a look. And whether we're Republicans or Democrats doesn't really matter to me. I think we need to look at her points and do a little bit of introspection and say, are we whatever we belong to? Are, are, we, are we nearing any of this? And can we learn anything from it? Again, very quickly, and I'll open the phones here, 209-551-3483 for your comments about her message today. Again, her points, she felt, felt that the Democratic Party is being led by an elitist cabal of warmongers that it's driven by cowardly wokeness, that it's dividing people by anti-white racism, that it's undermining God-given freedoms, that it's hostile to people of faith and spirituality, that it's demonizing the police and protecting criminals, that it's weaponizing national security to go after political opponents, that it's dragging us closer to nuclear war, and that it is not a government of, by, and for the people, but it's a government of, by, and for the powerful elite. 
And I'm looking at these and I'm thinking, yeah, I can find an example of this. I can agree with her on this. But I also think there's a side of this where we need to be careful that we don't do this, whoever we may be. Uh, We need to be careful that none of us, whether we're leading by example at work or we're in an organization, whatever it may be, I think we need to be careful to look at these points that she made and take them as a lesson learned and make sure that we don't fall into the same traps. All right, let's find out what you think. Do you agree with any or all of her points? I'd be interested in your feedback. 209-551-3483. Let's find out what Mike and Manteca has to say. Hi, Mike. Welcome to the show. Hi, thank you for taking my call. Uh, yeah, I was just thinking about, I guess it, it's been clarified that she's actually left the Democratic Party, uh, but has not actually formally announced that she is now part of the Republican Party. Is that correct? I, that's, I, I was confused on that. No, 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 that's, that's absolutely correct. She is not saying that she is affiliating with any other party at this point. And I would suspect, Mike... And I'll get let's let's get your feedback on this too. I would suspect, given her history, and again, I think she would describe herself as a liberal Democrat. Uh, I I don't think that the Republican Party is where she would feel most comfortable either. But I think her points are are valid. What what do you think? Well, yeah, I agree with that. I, I listen to her a lot because she's kind of taken the same path as some other people uh leo terrell comes to mind uh, he calls himself leo 2.0 but he made the comment some time ago that he didn't leave the democratic party that the democratic party left him and i believe that kelsey gabbard is kind of in the same boat where she has some conservative values that she could relate to even as part of a lifelong uh political career spent as a Democrat, but then the Democrats have gotten so far left now that there are no conservative values left in that party anymore. It's been taken over by people who are not looking at constitutional law and abiding by constitutional law. They want to change it. And then she's also part of uh, uh, that group of people. And I hope there's a lot more that just can't relate to that anymore, that any of the values that she aspires to don't fit the party any longer. So she has to go her own way, which I, 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 it's kind of nerve wracking in a way that she understands it from inside and outside uh, the political arena and that she has identified all these flaws that the Democratic Party has has taken on over the last, I don't know how many years it's been going on with her, but it's, it's, it's gotten so far left. It's gotten so far away from any conservative or moderate values or even constitutional law that uh, she just can't be part of it anymore. And I, I think that's good. It's good to have her as a foot soldier. She is a soldier and, and she's going to fight the good fight. And I think that's a, it's a very positive thing. And I hope a lot more follow her along because uh, uh, I think as conservatives, we need more people like her to take an opposing view and expose the elitists for what they are. 
and what they're trying to do. And uh, in, in a lot of ways, it's destroying the, the country that we've all grown to know and love. Well said, Mike. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. Uh, Mike, I, I think you mentioned uh, Leo Terrell. I'm, I'm thinking uh, of uh, Joe Lieberman uh, and, and Tip O'Neill going f- even further back. These were people, Mike, that I I think we could sit beside or sit across the table and debate an issue constructively and say, we want to generally hit this target and we are going to differ on how to get there. Let's, Let's try to hammer that out and come to an agreement on how we get there. And I may need to give up some of how I think we ought to get there and and uh, the Joe Liebermans or the O'Neills or whomever uh, will maybe need to give up a little bit of how they want to get there. But we have a general common goal in mind. And this, is, uh, <clears throat> this speaks to this whole issue of, of unity. My, and, and Mike, you brought up some very good points there that I'm, I'm mulling over here. Unity is uh, a, a tricky thing. And I've told the story in the context of uh, a prayer summit we were at, but let me just give the principle to you um, that we were given many, many years ago by a very wise man. And the, the basics I'm going to apply to this particular situation are, if you aim for unity, you're probably going to miss it. But if you aim for what you share in common unity may flow from that. Does that make sense? See, if we try to be unified, we're going to wear ourselves out trying to be unified. To me, unity is something that results from something else. Unity, to me, is not the goal. The United States of America, that word united, that sense of unity, is something that flowed from a shared perspective, a shared goal, a shared objective that people fought for like tooth and nail that people gave their lives up for. And so when Joe Biden or any other politician runs and says, I'm, I'm going to be the president of unity or I'm going to bring unity. No, you're not. You will not bring unity and especially the way this administration has conducted itself. There's been a lot of divisiveness. Unity comes from shared values, shared goals, shared objectives. Can can you think of any shared objectives, as we were listening to Tulsi Gabbard not too long ago, can you think of any objectives that you share right now with the administration in Washington, D.C., with those in power. To use Tulsi Gabbard's words, the elites in power. There's not a lot I find in common. And and so for me to say I I hope that they can unify us, no. No, they're not going to unify us. Unity is going to come out of a demonstrated commitment to common goals like the Constitution of the United States of America and preserving it. I hope that 
make some sense. Our number here, 209-551-3483. We'll continue the conversation in three minutes right here on the Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. With the big news of the day, here's more of the Mike Douglas Show. Now weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Then talking about Tulsi Gabbard leaving the Democratic Party, inviting others to do so as well. And of late, we've been talking about unity. And in my opinion, unity stems from, flows from, results from shared common goals and objectives. Our number here, 209-551-3483. Let's go to the phones and to uh, Nancy and Modesto. Nancy, welcome. What are your thoughts? Well, hi, Michael. Thanks for letting me say a few words here. Uh, First of all, I am very excited that Kelsey Gabbard did do this. Um, I can certainly understand why she would say she cannot agree uh, with the Democratic part or the Democrat Party right now and what they're doing. And I really want you to know, and I'm sure many people that are who are listening would would agree with me. I appreciate your description, your explanation of what unity comes from, because exactly right. It comes from shared goals. That's why happy couples that are married, uh, you know, they they share goals. Well, our country for 250 years or so have had shared, has had shared goals. And it stems from being a God-fearing country and our Constitution. And right now, I have been so alarmed, and I'm sure I'm not the only one, who is listening and watching and seeing what is happening to our country. And I have never been overly um, political. I like to listen to both sides, and I try to be as fair as possible. But I am so alarmed about what's happening to our country. And I thank you so much for really putting into words what I've been thinking but not able to actually come out with and uh, but it's so concise unity comes from shared goals right now our goals with the democrat party are not being shared i would hope by the majority of our people in this country thank you michael for what you how you explain things i appreciate it very much as i know many people do Thanks, Michael. Nancy, thanks for the call. Appreciate that very much. Uh, and Nancy brings up a, a point here of, about this issue of unity. How many times have we pe- heard politicians talk about unity? And it is very rare. You know, think of it. Uh, think of it in terms of national disasters, whether they're uh, natural disasters or man-made disasters. Think about the unity that we had following 9-11. Do you remember that? It, most everyone was unified. And why? Because we had a common objective, and that was recovering from an attack upon us. And it didn't matter whether you re, we were Republicans or Democrats or Independents or 
immigrants from the planet Zarkon, it didn't make any difference. If we lived in the United States of America, we took a hit that affected all of us. And our recovery from that hit unified us for a time. And I guess that's another point we need to look at, and that is that unity is not necessarily forever. What results in that unity, what leads to the unity, may go away after a while, or it may wear off, or it may not carry the emotional attachment that it used to. I think of um, so many of those World War II veterans. I think of... uh, uh, Korean veterans, Vietnam veterans, uh, the the veterans of the Middle East, and and how many how many have come home with deep stuff, and and we often didn't understand them, and after a while we kind of swept them under the carpet, maybe not intentionally, but it happened. My wife right now, in in her nurse practitioner work, serves a lot of veterans. And she has a lot of compassion for them because their stories are just absolutely, in some case, in many cases, heart wrenching, and and they quietly suffer. And I'm I'm happy to say that there are efforts now to uh, address those issues and to honor our veterans. Anyway, the point being that sometimes the effects of unity begin to wear off as that goal begins to recede in our national conscience. Uh, we get unified in uh, on the East Coast when hurricanes get uh, hit, uh, when, when hurricanes damage, when hurricanes take lives. We, we often unify. doesn't matter what political uh, bent we are. We knuckle down and, and we help folks out. That's what we do in the United States of America, regardless of the color of their skin, regardless of their religion, regardless of their social status. If you're in trouble and it's a major issue and it's widespread, generally you can count on Americans to step up to the plate and to rally together to at least for the moment unify in meeting the challenge. The problem is when politicians campaign on unifying, my friends, I know from the get-go that is impossible and that they're blowing smoke, to put it mildly and in better words that other words that might get me kicked off the station. So it's, it's important that we be very discerning about how, how we view things like unity. And then when we vote, we need to think about, is this politician, is this elected official lining up with what I understand to be the issue? And if they don't, they probably don't deserve my vote, don't care what side of the aisle they're on. That's why this, this why it's why this time becomes so important that we can discuss these things together in advance, 28 days in advance of November 8. Absolutely critical that we have the opportunity to do that and discuss these issues and find out what our shared goals are, and then unity may flow out of that. All right, we'll be back in five minutes here on The Mike Douglas Show, 209-551-3483. Back in five on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. 
The Mike Douglas Show. Now, weekdays from 3 till 5 on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. On air and online. Take The Mike Douglas Show with you with the iHeartRadio app. Search 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to The Mike Douglas Show. Mike Douglas here, your concierge for conversation here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Just saw this. Let me bring this to your attention and see what you think about this. Katanji Brown-Jackson, our newest Supreme Court justice. I am very interesting what's happening today in the hallowed halls of the Supreme Court. Apparently, she, uh, I want to say grilled, that would be a bad way to put it, because what we're talking about is a case involving Prop 12 here in California that bans the sale of pork products from farms, farms that use metal enclosures that restrict pigs from turning around. Uh, SF Gate is reporting the pork industry warned the law would drive up costs, and lead to a great bacon crisis in California. Now, to me, that's a crisis. And then groups representing pork producers sued California on what they called a dormant commerce clause, arguing that because the bill will have the effect of banning primarily out-of-state pork products, California's impermissibly discriminating against interstate commerce and burdening out-of-state operations. That's why I don't want to say she grilled them. Just, just you know, the pun would get in the way of the story. So, Justice Katanji Brown-Jackson had pushed back on, uh, on those that want to defend the California bill. And apparently she repeatedly asked California State, well, could you have put labels on pork products that you think are objectionable, put labels on them instead of banning their sale? And she uh, raised that issue with Timothy Bishop. He's the lawyer representing the pork farms. And Bishop, Bishop told her that labeling would be fine under what he's asking for. You see that, that, that we were just talking about shared goals. The shared goal is... Uh, a, a free commerce a shared goal is to get products in the hands of people that like them and, and let the people just let, instead of government, let the people decide, I don't want to, I don't want to buy that pork product because those pigs were in a situation. I don't want them to be in fine. Don't buy it. But for the state to come in and say, you can't buy that kind of pork because the pigs weren't treated the way we want them to be treated. I'm not for that. Anyway, uh, Justice Jackson uh, then went back uh, and questioned Jeffrey Lampkin. He's a lawyer for the Humane Society of the United States who says the ban is a good thing under Prop 12. So Justice Jackson says, well, why can't California solve for its morality issue in a different way? If we assume it's really going to create a burden to allow California to ban all Iowa pork on the ground that California disagrees with how Iowa produces pork, why shouldn't the balance, to the extent we're making one, be to allow California to express its morality interest through a less burdensome means like 
segregating Iowa's pork when it comes in. In other words, putting it in a separate section. Or she says putting a big label over it that says this was immorally produced or whatever. And that won't hurt Iowa as much. Why can't we say that's the way it should be? I I don't know why I'm surprised, but I applaud Justice Jackson for this line of questioning. Uh, questioning. And uh, so anyway, this is very, going to be very interesting. She she said to California, why why ban it? Isn't that just not trusting California consumers? There was a problem earlier about how do we know how many consumers agree or disagree with the morality interest? Wouldn't it be best served and wouldn't we know based on labeling? And if it doesn't get sold, then there we are. I love this. I think this is wonderful and I don't know why I'm surprised. And maybe I shouldn't be surprised, but... If, if if this is indeed is her line of questioning and it's sincere, I applaud Justice Jackson for what she's saying. Why can't we just allow consumers to decide what they're going to consume? Here in California, no, the nanny government, the elites, decide what we can see, what we can say, what we can post what we can eat, what we can't eat. I love it. And again, and maybe uh, this is a a problem I need to address with me. I, I'm just surprised that this line of questioning came from uh, Justice Jackson, but I, I applaud her for this. What do you think? Do you, don't, don't you like that? To, to me, it's saying, look, California... Quit dictating to people what they eat because of how it was. It's a morality issue, not a health issue. And if people are concerned about the way pigs are treated, so to speak, in the process, fine, put a label on it or, or put that in a separate section at the, at the meat market so you know that, well, this is Iowa pork. And this is California pork. And I don't know about you going off on uh, my rabbit trail here a little bit. I, I, I'm not big on organizing or, or fanning into flames boycotts. It's just not me. Uh, I, and I know there, there are friends of mine who are very intelligent, who believe in them. I, I'm, I'm just not a big fan of, of boycotts at all. But I personally choose not to buy products from companies that I feel are contributing to the delinquency of the United States of America. And uh, if if this was the case, well, no, I, I, I can't say that because I don't want to be unfair to the California pork producers because they don't have a choice. What I would like to see is that law being made and pronounced unconstitutional so that California pork people can present their meat for sale and in whatever ways and, and processes they use. 
and and to label it if they if if this is what the state of California thinks is a big deal, fine, label it. And uh, I I think that and, and those those labels where you know the process is this you know infinitely pristine process that only the humane society will approve frankly no again no pun intended referring to pork but frankly i will buy the product that has the traditional way of making it just my per- i'm going to give my money to the people who i feel are being persecuted by this that's just me anyway i just saw that come up uh, on our news feed here, curious uh, what you think about that. Does it change your opinion of Justice Jackson at all? Do I, I, I give her kudos for this line of questioning. Our number here, 209-551-3483, 209-551-3483. I won't be eating pork today because today is Taco Tuesday as you know, at the Douglas household, when I leave our clandestine studios here, I head to the, the home and the kitchen and uh, make my uh, infamous uh, Douglas after the radio show tacos. Uh, we'll get back to, I, I want to talk about this raid as well. Before we do that, just very quickly, uh, before we uh, take a time out for a couple of minutes, you know, we men are accused of never looking at instructions. And, and believe me, I have, I have been perturbed by instructions so many times. I think many instructions on things that you are supposed to put together yourself, some assembly required, are written either by people who intentionally want to mess with your mind, or English is a third, fourth, or fifth language, and they cannot describe in salient terms how to put this product together. So many times, the majority of times, and because I just want to get the, put the thing together, I love those products that come with uh, quick instructions. You know, they just show maybe three or four pictures of how it's supposed to go together. Fine, I'll, I'll go with that. Or if it's a long, elongated, I'll, I'll not look at the instructions at all and try it myself first. And then if I have to read the instructions. However... Now, I'm getting to the point. Don't worry, I'm, I'm getting there. I, a friend of uh, ours gave us a coffee gator uh, on Sunday. And uh, the coffee gator makes espresso. It, it's kind of a, a neat thing. I've never really seen one before, and uh, we like espresso. And so anyway, I'm, I, I, I know that because it has to be put on the stove and heated up, that I need to, need to make sure I don't damage it. So I did read the instructions. And on the last line of the instructions, you know, they have these ridiculous things. Keep out of reach of children and pets. You, know, you always see those, right? This one says, keep out of reach of children, pets, and incompetent nincompoops. Don't you love that? Yeah, keep this product out of the reach of incompetent nincompoops. Let me apply that in a different way. Keep our politics out of the hands of other incompetent nincompoops as well. 
All right, Mike Douglas Show continues in three minutes right here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Take the Mike Douglas Show with you every weekday from 3 till 5. Download the free iHeartRadio app and follow 1360 KFIV. And welcome back to the Mike Douglas Show here on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Been talking about a lot of different, a very eclectic show today. One of the things we talked about was Tulsi Gabbard's announcement today that she's leaving the Democratic Party and she cited uh, seven or eight major principles uh, to give the rationale of why she was doing so. It's very interesting. And let's uh, let's continue to get your reactions about that. 209-551-3483. Let's check in with Ed from Ceres. Ed, welcome to the show. Good afternoon, Mike. Yeah, I've been in and out of the car, so I hope I don't touch anything that someone else has already brought up. But I did want to make a couple of points. And the first one is that I've been hearing that there's a large exodus of Hispanic and black men from the Democrat Party. Now, like Tulsi Gabbard, as long as there's a trend toward exit, it seems to me that it's going to make it a lot harder for them to use something like Dominion software in the next election. Mm. Okay, that's the first point. Second point is that if, as we go forward, if Trump and DeSantis can be more civil with one another, this will be much better for the electorate, much better for the people of the United States. That will go a long way in in making things a lot easier for us to choose. Third thing, division. The left has been using division, slander, out and out lies. They've been doing a lot of things to, to disrupt our politics. So the elections cannot be fair if everybody's just hearing a bunch of lies and division. And I'm going to I'm going to say something that might be controversial, but Pelosi, Biden and Kerry, those people, that ilk who thrive on division and call themselves Catholic are not. That's probably not a surprise to a lot of people. But there are some tremendous demonic influences in those people and that party. That's pretty much what I wanted to put on the table for now. And uh, I hope that makes sense. Yeah, Ed, thank you. Uh, it does. Thank you for that very much. Uh, Ed, Ed, I'm thinking, and you mentioned uh, the demonic influence. I, I think a lot of the destructive wokeness so to speak. And I, I'm actually hoping eventually we'll get rid of this word wokeness, but it seems to be something that people can understand and, and I, I identify with as whatever the problem, how, however vague it may be, people seem to get it. I remember several, many years ago, I called up our uh, uh, daughter uh, on the East Coast in her mid to late 20s. And I, can you explain what woke is? That's, that's before it was very fashionable. I think uh, there are evil influences in, in a lot of things. In, 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 the, in the halls of 
of Sacramento and in the halls of Washington, D.C. as well, because some of these decisions that are coming out are so obtuse, are so uh, mind-boggling that I, I do believe there is a war between good and evil that is manifesting itself especially in our politics today. So, uh, Ed, Ed, I would uh, I would agree with that. I would also agree with you that divisiveness is being used as a, uh, as a weapon, definitely. And uh, regarding uh, Donald Trump and, and Ron DeSantis, I think one of the hallmarks of the Republican Party for a long time has been a house divided will fall. House divided will will fall. Okay, we've got about a minute left. I'm going to squeeze in a call very quickly here. Uh, Is it Adam from Modesto? Oh, he he disappeared off my call board. Okay. Uh, Well, all right, if you want to call back, I can give you 30 seconds. (laughs) I'm sorry. uh, We, yep, call dropped off. I'm sorry, Adam, uh, but if if you can't get back to us today, call tomorrow. We certainly want to hear uh, your input as well. Uh, going back to uh, Ed's comments, I think a lot of people, too, that uh, I, I think they're wary of revealing what they really think. And this is where I think polling is an issue. And I, in general, I think a lot of polls are designed to sway public opinion instead of reflect public opinion. Uh, but I, I don't even know that people are honest with pollsters anymore because they're afraid that somehow they'll be tagged or the FBI is going to knock at their door. This is not what America should be. We should feel free to have differences, be willing to publicly announce them, and be secure in the marketplace of ideas. And that's why I will be back with you tomorrow from 3 to 5 p.m. right here on The Mike Douglas Show on Power Talk 1360 KFIV. Have a great night.